Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the B-Side Boys podcast. Iowa Rugby Podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> and Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. And the return of our intern, Javi. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want. And we can say whatever the hell we want. (laughs) Cheers. This episode of the B-Side Boys is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. New year, new floors. If you have a garage that needs to get done, a shed, a little bar, whatever, patio. Locker room. Locker room, all sorts of different stuff. Floor. Get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. They're going to get it taken care of for you. It's going to look beautiful. Everybody's going to be super impressed by it whenever they come over and check it out. If you spill anything, you're going to be able to clean it up nice and easy. And it looks great. And... Great price, great people, great service. I mean, just can't speak highly enough about them. They're just, they're the best. So that's why you need to get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. Go to their Facebook page, look them up online. R-O-D-E-R, Epoxy. Tell them the B-Side Boys sent you. Yes, please. Yeah, that's really important. Now, here's the show. Happy Monday. Woohoo! Mondays. Love them. Love them, especially when all my parlays hit for the NFL playoffs. Ooh, congrats, because I have not had a single one land this entire fucking season. It's driving me nuts. Jacksonville Moneyline, I was oh. terrified because, <laughs> like, so in my, my trust tree gambling group chat uh, that you're not in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, since you always bring up group chats, I'm not in. Um, but anyways, I can't reveal who's say, in this. say trust tree? It's the trust tree. The yeah. trust tree. Yeah. Why? Hmm. It's interesting. It's an interesting name. No, it's, okay, never mind. Just keep going. Wow. <laughs> and this is why you're not in the trust tree. Like, you're judging me? Like, what? There's no judgment here. We talk about all these bets. And, uh, yeah, when I picked the Jaguars' money line, and right away the Chargers score. So after their first touchdown, I say, the Chargers aren't going to really win this, right? And then they score again. And I put the same exact, <laughs> the Chargers aren't going to really win this, right? <laughs> then they score again. And again, and I'm like, and so they're down 27 nothing. And I, I kept texting, Chargers aren't going to win this, right? So then 
I stop watching football and Lex and I start watching Gremlins 2 because I've never seen it. <laughs> Gremlins 2? Because okay, okay. there's the Key and Peel skit, which is probably one of their funniest skits. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. So they're in the boardroom, the writer's room for Gremlins 2. And they're sitting around and uh, Jordan Peele walks in as this like person who helps spruce up sequels when someone's about to write a deuce a sequel mm-hmm. and they're going around the room and everyone gets to pick a, a gremlin and like the person one person's like uh a bat gremlin and like oh you talking about uh, a bat that gets leathery wings and flies through the wall with a perfect batman logo and then falls into wet concrete and then goes up on a wall and hardens up like a gargoyle it's in the movie and then <laughs> um the other guy uh keegan michael key yeah or keegan michael What's his name? Is that... I, I I know who you're talking yeah. about. I just can't think of his full name. Sorry. Um, but anyways, he's like, what, what, whoa, whoa, what? I thought we were just brain, uh, or I thought we were just coming up with ideas. And then Jordan Peele's like, it's called, it's called brainstorming, not brain drizzling. And then people <laughs> keep naming off all these different uh, gremlins and it's ridiculous. They talk about Hulk Hogan and they're like, boom, it's in the movie. And then the guy goes, this is definitely not in the movie. And then the frame freezes and it says at the bottom, all of this is actually in the movie. So Lex and I watched that because I'd never seen it. It's a movie. Um, and then I keep checking my phone. And then I'm like, no way. Jacksonville is actually going to win. And I won my bets. So. Yeah. so they were down like 27-0 at one point. So yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So let's talk about rugby, <laughs> stuff, rugby though. stuff, though. Sorry. <laughs> um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. First thing, the Heart of America, they announced their all-conference team. And when you look at it, when you look at the North – you know, at prop Alex Geyser from Iowa State, mm-hmm. at lock Max Mum from Iowa State, flankers Nathan Creech from Iowa, Jared Johnson from Iowa State, eight man Tanner Twos. Oh, Twos, yeah, okay. He's really good. I mm-hmm. I don't want to say his name wrong. He's a really really good player. Um, my bad if I mispronounce that, but I know Tanner. He he's a really good player, and then. At 11, Rowan Collins. Collins yeah. Number 12, Nick Gill. Number f- And those guys are both from Iowa State. 14 from Iowa, Hayden Fredrickson from Iowa. And then 15, Wes Cummings. Yeah, we had Fullback. him on the podcast. Had yeah. him on the podcast. Had Alex Geyser on the podcast. Then honorable mention from Iowa, Nick Rasmussen. From Iowa State, Tyler Cahill. John Ivan, the butcher. The butcher. We've had him on. Yeah. And then Sam Miller from Iowa State as well. So congratulations to those guys. Um, really awesome stuff there to get recognized for their great play in the Heart of America Rugby Conference. Really cool stuff. And, you know, we've had multiple guys from that uh, all-star team or that all-conference team yeah. on the show. So Yeah, no, we know is how that to weird? Pick... <laughs> no, we know how to well, pick them. Not as and pick, you know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Ant. Gotta give them, you know, what credit's due. Yeah, Ant was like, these guys are good. Talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then speaking of that, not only was there an all-conference team, but there also was the National Collegiate Rugby, like, regional select side all-star tournament. Yep, Midwest and Barbarians, yeah. The Midwest Barbarians, they pulled players from all these Midwest schools, uh, a lot of guys from Iowa Central, Iowa, you and I. Iowa State, they didn't send anybody. And from what I gathered from talking to people, uh, I think it was because they're really focused on, you know, they're still in technically their season. Like, they haven't even finished their conference tournament yet. Yeah. They have nationals in the spring. And also, it's kind of weird because 
there was guys from Minnesota and Kansas and their schools in their conference who aren't competing for nationals who would be there. But Iowa State was like, eh, it's just, it's a really weird thing because they're not done, but everyone else is done. Yeah. So I get that. And I would have assumed that maybe it was also like, because this is like an NCR thing, but there are some guys from Iowa that are there currently and stuff like that, you know. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, no, I was thinking it was something like that, but no, that does make sense. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because there there are some guys from Iowa that are like University of Iowa that are there. So (sighs) I just wish there was one governing body. So every college was in the same thing. It's I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So (laughs) they went down to Houston for the men's next weekend, this upcoming weekend. The women will go down to Austin, Texas for their all star thing. And we actually B-Side Boys sponsor the women's team. Uh, And then the Wombats actually sponsored two guys on On the the men's team. Yeah. Yeah. From Wayne State, Joe Dow and Javier Luong from Wayne State. Both of them graduated from Des Moines High School. They were the West Des Moines Wombats high performance award winners. Basically, the Wombats, we want to support youth rugby. And these are two guys in our community who work their asses off who are students of the game, you know they're going to give back to the game. They're going to continue playing at a high level. Um, They always get involved in rugby things. And basically, you know, we want to support youth rugby, but we also want to support guys who we know are going to give back to the community and they're going to, they're going to keep it moving. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, it's funny though, too, that you mentioned, you know, the Wombat sponsored them. And then we actually sponsored us individually, two guys that were on the Midwest Barbarians through you and I. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah. yeah, you had Nick and I had Cooper. And yeah. they're both on the All-Star and Rising Stars team. Look at us just patting ourselves know, on the right? We're just throwing money at everybody. Yeah, money I don't have. Oh, <laughs> uh, But who else was on that Barbarians team? Yeah, so we actually compiled a list of all the guys that are... Wait. You know, I know, I prepped. I prepped. Record scratch. <laughs> Put it right here. Here. And then what you did, you prepped? Yeah, on multiple things, actually. Take it away. Yeah. It's your, hey, it's your show. Go. Yeah. So, the B side uh, boy. So, obviously, Midwest Barbarians brought down two different sides. They had all stars and they had rising stars. On the all stars uh, roster, these are all guys that are playing either for, you know, a Iowa college or are originally Iowa natives. Mm-hmm. So, we got James Coates from Iowa Community Central College. So, a lot of these are ICCC. Uh, Henry Kiss Eccles is from ICC. Aiden Farrell is also from Iowa Community Central College. Iowa Central Community Iowa College. Iowa Central, yeah, You've sorry. said it wrong I, three times. I know. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, we got okay, Nick. Hold on, hold on. Take a deep breath. When there it says go. ICC, Iowa Central, Central Community College. College. My bad. <laughs> we got Nick Marker, your boy from you and I. I only say it because I know Nelson listens every once in a yeah, while. Right. <laughs> We got. It's gonna torch us in the comments, right? <laughs> Michael, or you, or me? More than likely, me. Michael McDaniel from Iowa Central Community College. We got David Randall from U and I. Good boy. Got Nick Rasmussen, who was also a Heart of America All Conference player from the University of Iowa. He was there too. Chris Santos from Iowa Central Community College. <laughs> Gentry Stack from U and I. And he was all oh, over social media, dude, like the highlight reels just from Gentry alone. <laughs> yeah, he was he was making some of the best form tackles I've seen on guys much bigger than him. He was setting up his teammates. I mean, I feel like every time I went on Twitter or Instagram or when I went dude. to YouTube and I was trying to watch games and like it was kind of hard to tell who was who. Um, 
but I never really panned in close enough. They didn't have any commentary, which was strange to me. Well, eventually they had commentary on day two. On day two, yeah. Yeah, And so, but it was just kind of hard to like, there there were so many matches, but I swear I kept seeing Gentry just lighten it up. And, you know, they're playing down at the Houston Sabercats stadium. I think there were some big name people. I saw Tyler Daly Mm -hmm. get a picture with uh, Danny Barrett, you know, uh, sevens you know, superstar for Team USA. So, I mean, there was some big name people there watching and I have no intel. I'm just assuming he probably turned some heads and my boy Nick Marker definitely turned some heads too. Duh. Who else else was playing for him? Uh, We had Matt Srillis Davis from Iowa Central Community College. I think he's from Fort Dodge High School. Yeah, he is from Fort Dodge. Um, But I think majority of the other guys that are on that all-star team are from like neighboring states or like California, because we've talked about Aiden Farrell before. He mm. was from Wisconsin. He had a he had a tough play. I saw yeah. uh, Dakota uh, Chuck, Chuck shared yeah. um, where Aiden was trying to do something. It looked like the ball just slipped out of his hands, and it like went straight up in the mm. air. And that game was being commentated, and the announcer was just like, "Oh, uh, ah, don't know what he was doing there." And mm. then Chuck shared it like Aiden, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's a bummer too," because you're on a big stage, and it was just like. It looked like, too, he did, like, a dummy, and when he pulled it back in, the ball just, like, shot up out of his hands, yeah. and it was like... Dude, shit happens, it does. obviously. It and does. Sometimes it's on camera. Well, I know all about that. <laughs> that happened to you, yeah. <laughs> no, and it just is one of those things, too. How many great plays has that kid made where there's not a camera? Yep. So, kind of frustrating when that stuff gets shared out. Yeah. Um. Then we also had Tanner Tuez, again, um, University of Iowa, Heart of America, all conferences as well. And then we had... Javier Luong, who plays for Wayne State, but he is from Des Moines. So I yep. figured I'd throw that in there, highlight that. That's really well, that's cool. That's the guy he, we sponsored. And this guy we sponsored, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the entire list of the All-Stars guys who uh, are, you know, playing for a college in Iowa or from Iowa originally. And that was the top side. The yeah, all, top that, side. That was the team because, again, they had they took like 50 players. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a bunch so, of guys from Principia, Marquette on there, too. Mm-hmm. Whitewater. You know, Whitewater, yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so that was the top side. So then they also had a second side, and they called that, what, the Rising, the Rising Stars? Stars? And it comprised mostly of freshmen and sophomores. There was some, like, a few seniors on there, but it was mm-hmm. quite a few younger guys. And they had Spencer Daves, who's from Central College. Uh, and he played for uh, Des Moines Rugby Club yeah. as well. Um, Abdullah Elbertari from University of Iowa. We had Garrett Getz from UNI. He's a really good player. He was their team captain. Yeah. That was pretty cool. He was the team captain for the weekend for the Rising Stars. What an awesome experience to be a captain of, like, some of the best players in the Midwest. Right. Very cool. Um, Andre Greenup, who's from Iowa Central Community College. My boy, Cooper Isaacson from UNI. Yeah, boy. Got Dylan Johnson, another boy from UNI. Hey, we're going to have him on the show. Yeah. Uh, We got Adam Kaden from Iowa Central Community College. Kaden Krutzinger from Iowa Central Community College. Liam McGargill from Iowa Central Community College and Alex Miller from Iowa Central Community College. There's a lot of Central boys on there. Iowa Central, yeah. And that's and that's because, you know, they have a great I mean, they're yep. a D one club in the, the Big Rivers conference and they pull in some great players. Pretty so. sure all those guys too on the Rising Stars ones are all freshmen too, if oh, I remember wow. correctly. Wow. And then Joe Dow from Wayne State, hmm. also Des Moines boy, mm-hmm. our sponsor boy. Yep. So yeah. Wombat Award winner. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's awesome. Like, God, I that's I wish I would have counted out how many players that'd be. But You can do that while I'm talking ah. about this next part. <laughs> Perfect. Because here's the thing. You know, really cool that NCR is doing this. Sometimes we joke about 
um, in CR or just like little things. Like we made a joke during the women's tournament because I kept calling schools by the wrong name. And then here we are calling schools by the wrong name. You know, right. it happens. Um, <laughs> I had enough but, for a full side there, by the way. It was 23 guys. 23 guys from Iowa. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And I know Tyler Daly was down there helping coach. Yep. And Chuck was Chuck down was there, there too. as well. JJ. So, JJ was there. Like a lot of Iowa connections. So congratulations to everyone. Because again, what National Collegiate Rugby is doing, they're bringing back these, you know, people get seen in national tournaments. Sure. But when you take players who are, you know, small college like Wayne State, Central College, and then you got D2 guys from you and I, you got D1AA guys in Iowa, Iowa State, you got D1 guys from Iowa Central playing against other D1, D1AA, D2, other territories, other unions. And the thing I noticed too, all of these matches, not just the Midwest Barbarians, all of them from all eight unions, their matches were all close. Oh yeah. None there was like no blowouts. There were and so that tells me I feel like you know college rugby is in a very healthy spot where mm-hmm. the talent is very leveled out. Um when you look at this, the top side in the first match for the Barbarians, they lost to the Independence Red uh who ended up being the champions overall 16 to 6. Yeah, it's very close. Very close match. Um and then the All-Stars played the Great Lakes Thunderbirds, which frustrating Great Lakes got the name Thunderbirds because I feel like it'd be cool if it was the Midwest Thunderbirds. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but Midwest Barbarians won 23-15. And then the Rising Stars defeated the Southeast Bears 19-15. And then in the next match, Midwest Barbarians fell to the Independence Blue 7-12. The All-Stars... For Midwest Barbarians defeated Mid-Atlantic Sharks, Sharks 31-5. And then the Rising Stars lost to Great Lakes 10-17. And then on the next day in the knockout round, a heartbreaker for the Barbarians. They lost to the Independence Whites 15-12. And then in the Constellation, the All-Stars defeated the Southeast Bears 28-22. The Rising Stars tied the Tri-State Foundry 10-10. And yeah, that's that's it. So I mean, those matches are all very close, and it's like it, the independent red defeated Pacific Coast Grizzlies twenty eight zero in the final. Here's the thing, yeah, that's cool and all. Like you you won the select side all star thing. The main thing, you're playing with players from other teams. Mm. It's a high performance area. Every single kid who went there learned something is going to take it back to their club. And then also you played in front of other college coaches, other high-performance coaches, USA Rugby coaches, MLR MLR coaches, coaches, Premier Sevens coaches. You're networking. You're meeting other high-level people. Your name is in the hat. You're being seen. And you're playing at a high level. So shout out to all the guys, um, especially the guys we have closer connections to, like the UNI guys, Iowa Central, the Wayne State guys. Uh, Really cool to see the Iowa guys, you know, they held their own and not only that they stepped up in occasions and they showed we can play with anybody. So I think a lot of good comes from this because again, this didn't exist when we were around when we were around, we played like a local thing. We went to Davenport and it would be like Iowa versus Carfu. We'd play you. There was no cameras. We were at Palmer's field. Mm. Nobody, not that nobody cared because they bought us polos and they gave us a $50 stipend for dinner. 
that we spent on uh, margaritas. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> pictures of margaritas. Times have changed, you yeah. know, and it's really cool to see these kids get high performance opportunities and to network and to be seen. Because again, when we were in college, before us, there was a union thing that happened. That's how Paul Emmerich got picked. Mm. Then when we went, it kind of fell apart. Leadership fell apart. National Collegiate Rugby, NCR, they brought it back. I think this was a fantastic event. The women's event is coming up this weekend, this Saturday. Uh, so watch YouTube, watch social media. Uh, you know, Kelsey McDowell and Megan Flanagan, who we're going to have on the show later this episode. They're going to be coaching. A lot of you and I, Iowa, Iowa State girls are down there. And then also the t-shirts they're wearing down there. The B-Side Boys logo mm-hmm. is going to be on it. Whatever. We're like the first ones to sponsor that too. No biggie. This is the first official B-Side Boys merchandise in the world. It's, it's pretty cool. We don't have it. They do. And <laughs> yeah. so anything else you have on, on that all-star tournament? I was just really happy to see, you know, a lot of the guys got a lot of playing time, a lot of good experience. Yeah, you see watched some, a lot of matches. I watched like, a what, lot of it, What yeah. did you see? What was your takeaway? I mean, obviously everything looked, you know, they were playing our traditional Iowa-style rugby, playing aggressive, you know, making great plays. Obviously, you know, stupid things are going to happen, little mistakes, That's whatever. Hard to, we talked about know. last episode with, like, our national teams. Hard to build continuity yeah, in was, such a short time. But, but they did a great job, you know, playing together as a team. It was obviously it was kind of weird seeing some guys playing in some positions that you know we typically don't see. Was Gentry? Gentry was twelve, yeah, or at least as far as I could tell. (laughs) Well, he was wearing number twelve, yeah. So that's kind of odd, but it's it worked out fine for him. He made a lot of big plays. It was cool seeing a lot of UNI guys make big plays because we're obviously biased towards UNI, but still though. Oh heck yeah! Really awesome to see. Yeah, Nick Marker to Gentry stack. That That one cool. (laughs) That one made the rounds, and it's funny because. When I read that, I'm like, they have it backwards. And I saw Gentry touch it down. I'm like, wait, Whoa. why did Nick pass it back? What? That's not right. So, But it's awesome for them to get this opportunity on this platform. Mm-hmm. And hopefully something else comes from it where it's either, yeah, they get to go play for another high-performance deal or possibly Dude, they played MLR, in an, USA Rugby. Like, you never know. They played in an MLR stadium. Yeah. Think of the UNI guys. They've played now in a major league rugby stadium three times in the last year and a half. Yeah. They played at Houston twice and new Orleans once. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've done more. And then I think CRCs are going to be at, uh, old glory in Washington, DC. Like, dude, what, what was the biggest stadium we ever played in? (laughs) Nothing comparable to that. (laughs) We went to Wisconsin stout on their D three football field in the snow. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> I coached, you played it, but it was like that. You know what I mean? Like they're playing in actual MLR stadiums. No, that's cool. That is very. Cool. That's really cool. So awesome to see. Like I said, the women's stuff is coming up this upcoming weekend. And speaking of women's rugby, Dartmouth rugby actually had Ariana Ramsey, graduate 2022 at the NCAA convention. She was presenting on women's rugby at the emerging sports session to a packed house. Ooh. So Dude, that's awesome. There is now about 40, the, 40 plus women's programs that are now uh, varsity with NCAA. Yeah. It is an emerging sport. And so Dartmouth Rugby, they talked about the benefits of women's rugby mm. and why it should grow. Again, we've talked with a lot of people where if a lot of people go, like, is varsity good for rugby? Um, because there are more requirements. There are things you have to abide by. You can't really you know, do your own thing, which a lot of old boy rugby culture is like, ah, do whatever. We'll figure it out later. When you're a varsity sport, 
There's a lot more standards, academic standards, behavior mm-hmm. standards, ways you run your team, and a lot more oversight from the university where we're at a stage where I think a lot of the negativity has been weeded out. Not all of it. Um, but again, having that support from the school is huge. We're seeing a lot of female high school girls play varsity rugby in college. I mean, from Roosevelt, we've had three that are at varsity programs right yep. now. Um, no, four. We have four. So Ava Denner at Lindenwood. Mm. Portia Starr. She's played in multiple places. Um, and then we have both Liberty and Genesis are at Aquinas. Mm-hmm. So awesome to see. And like it, it's going to keep going and keep growing and keep growing. So really interesting stuff there as well. So keep an eye on eye out for that. Because with Title IX, so Title IX says schools are supposed to offer the same amount of scholarships, you know, equality for men's and women's. Well, because football programs take so much of the men's scholarships, mm. a lot of schools aren't in compliance with Title IX where they have to find ways to make it even. So what they do is, you know, like you and I, they cut baseball yep. for a men's sport. Gone. There's no men's soccer, but there's women's soccer. A way that a lot of schools in the NCAA are trying to find ways to catch up, women's rugby counteracts the football scholarships. Not all of it, but a good number. Mm. So that's something that you could see women's rugby is going to grow at the varsity level a lot faster than men's because of men's football. Women's rugby is the opposite to men's football. It's really interesting. Yeah. Becoming a middle school AD, I learned a lot about Title IX. Because yeah. <laughs> there was something where I'm like, oh, I have all these boys who want to do basketball, and I'm going to run a boys' basketball club, and I'm going to run a girls' basketball club. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to pay this person a full-time ratio. But the girls' one was halftime because there's less people. And then my boss was like, whoa, you can't do that. Title IX, Title IX. And I'm like, you're right. So I hired them at the same rate because – Title IX. And I'm like, I didn't know that. I was looking at different proportions. We looked through it. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, Equity is super important, Phil. You better realize that. I do now, I guess. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I try to educate you. I appreciate it. (laughs) I want to follow up, too. We talked about the American Raptors and how we were, like, patting them on the back and saying, like, how cool it was. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I saw the thing you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They want to grow American rugby, which, awesome, they want homegrown talent to play at an international level but right after we talk about that there is some controversy because the american raptors and cafeterios pro have a partnership that's in columbia rugby Mm. and the american raptors are now having some international players more and more join the team and rugby football talk Tweeted out, despite huffing and puffing on their way out of the MLR, the Raptors continue adding non-American talent. They go on to say, um, someone asked them, you know, their preseason roster was 87% American uh, with the new five editions of non-Americans or U.S. They're still from the Americas. Yeah. Because that's where this is where it gets interesting because they're saying 78% is USA. So only 70 8% of the roster is from USA. People are saying, or Rugby Football Talk says, it's not about the numbers. I fully believe having a long-term successful competition that creates a professional environment does more for the town pool long-term, blah, blah, blah. He he or she, whoever runs it, they think it's hypocr- hypocritical because they left MLR. I don't think 
the Raptors huff and puff their way out. I didn't see it that way, no. but I was, wasn't also very close to it. Um, but they did say we're making America, when I say America, United States talent. But some people are saying, are the American Raptors like America's North, Central, and South America? Are they going to have players from all of these places? Interesting idea. But I mean, the thing is, too, if someone moves to the American Raptors, they can get citizenship in the United States. They could play for Team USA. Yeah, there's some incentive. I don't know. Uh, it, it seems kind of like a weird thing to be upset about. I mean, if their philosophy is to develop, you know, players from the U.S., mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be their philosophy. You know, you would assume that's what they're trying to stick with, but then they're kind of turn around and, you know, getting foreign, like, international players and stuff like that. I don't really see, like, a big deal with that, but mm-hmm. if that's, you know, what your original goal was, like, eh, it seems a little spotty. It's interesting. and But the thing is, too, like, they see an opportunity, and we don't see what they see. Yeah. Maybe there's something we're missing here. Um, I personally wouldn't really care. I don't. Well, whatever like, it's going to make your team better. Like this but. person's like very offended. Like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this against their word. And it's like, Ugh, who hurt you? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they're what they're doing. They're still doing a good job. But it, it's it's interesting. That's for sure. And it'll be something to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's just, I don't know. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, also, what I wanted to say, too. Uh, I just saw this. I meant to start off with this. Iowa High School Select Side is going to, <coughs> excuse me, Iowa High School Select Side has their signups live right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw all the posts on so, Facebook. Here's a really cool thing, too. Casey Hansen, who runs that, he has some great tournaments over the summer for these kids. They mm-hmm. were contacted by the Utah Warriors. They want the Iowa Select Side to go out to Utah and play their academy team. Ooh, high school kids to play cool. the Utah Warrior High School Academy. That's cool. That's really cool. So if you're a high school kid, if you're a high school coach, tell your high school kids, sign up because this summer, Casey knows his stuff. And, excuse me. He's going to make sure that kids play in front of the right people mm. and they learn and they grow and they have the best opportunities they can have. Maybe a little bit of B-side boys. Funding as well, sponsorship maybe. We'll see what it takes. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So really awesome stuff to see on the national level. But also not only that, Kelsey McDowell also posted the Iowa Hawkettes, the girls' high school team. They're going to have their signups coming up soon. Sweet. Speaking of girls' rugby, our first interview is going to be with Jackie Finland. She is the creator of the Rugby Breakdown. It is an online publication for women's rugby. She writes about high school, college, senior side, national teams, international, everything women's rugby. She writes about it. Our women's high school and colleges are just killing it right now, mm. which I think our senior side will eventually get there because they'll grow up and they'll yeah. they'll make teams. But we had a really good talk with Jackie. Really cool that how much she puts into it. She covers our high school league very closely. Every year yeah. she has a preview. Middle of the season, she checks in. End of the year, uh, she has a write-up on the champion. I know this because as Roosevelt, we won one time. We won a couple times. (laughs) She interviewed me. I should cut it. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, so (laughs) humble. No, I'm just playing. But no, she's really great. You should definitely give it a follow. So let's check in with Jackie. She's going to talk about the rugby breakdown and women's rugby. (laughs) 
All right. We are here with Jackie Finland of the Rugby Breakdown. Jackie, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and we wanted to reach out to you because you created and run the Rugby Breakdown. And a lot of people, if they don't follow women's rugby, they may not have heard of it before. But I feel like you do a great job covering our Iowa Youth Rugby Association Girls Sevens League. There was a lot of action in the NCR for women's rugby uh, with nationals going on. And then also the Midwest select side for senior side. Uh, just There's so much rugby going on and you have covered a lot of it. And so first and foremost, Jackie, what is the rugby breakdown? So the rugby breakdown is a news service that, as you mentioned, it focuses just on girls and women's rugby in the U.S. Um, and it's primarily feature-based. So you're going to get longer items where, you know, I really get to talk to people and hear their stories. And that's kind of the delivery mode there. And uh, yeah, so I, I started it in 2016, but uh, I've been a rugby reporter since 2005. Um, so it just got to a point where I was, uh, I wanted to do something on my own and really just kind of focus on, you know, my main interest, which is girls and women's rugby. And yeah, also just kind of test to see if it could stand on its own without like a, you know, a male counterpart there. So um, yeah, it's been a really fun ride. Yeah. So six going on seven years now. What was the, the main thing that inspired you to break away and, and bet on yourself and make this happen? Or was there one specific thing or um, where were you at in your, you know, rugby reporting career there? Yeah. So at that point, I had been doing it for about 10 years and I felt like you know, I just kind of, I knew the ropes and just wanted to know if I could do it on my own. You know, I've always worked for other people who, you know, have been my mentors and absolutely like set me up for success. Um, and I'm like hugely grateful to people like Ed Haggerty and Alex Goff, Pat Clifton, all contemporaries. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just it got to a point where I wanted to just do something on my own. So it wasn't anything specific. It was like, okay, 10, 11 years. Let's see if you can do something on your own. Hmm, gotcha. And you mentioned the names Alex Goff and Patrick Clifton. Did you work for Rugby Mag? Did you write for them? Or was it another publication or um, outlet? Yeah, so I started with the print publication of Rugby Magazine back in 2005. Okay. And that was at Haggerty. And then maybe like a year or so after that, they um, they bought uh, Goff on Rugby, so Alex Goff. And so we started working together. And then a few years after that, Pat Clifton came on. Um, I first met him at USA Sevens in San Diego. And yes, we were all doing Rugby Mag together till about maybe 2014, 15. Um, yeah, and then Alex and I kind of went, our, went separate directions. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you have a primary focus on, you know, the women's side, the girls' side. Did you have a lot of connections going into that? Like when you first started, was it something you already had some connections and ideas for stories and some of these, you know, personal connections? Or did you kind of have to just start over fresh and you just jumped into new territories? What did that look like? Yeah, I mean, back in 2005, you just weren't overwhelmed with information. So and it's just, you know, growing up, you think everything you're experiencing is totally unique. So you have all these ideas about, you know, what you want to write about and what you want to share. And you realize this has been going on for decades. And that's where my, you know, my first boss at Haggerty, like, was 
super, super helpful and like really taught me the lay of the land. And, you know, his big thing was always like going to every single major championship. And so when you do that, like you meet the country. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you started to get some perspective and, you know, understand what else was out there. So it, it definitely took a few years. Um, and then also meeting Alex, like who already had a web presence. That's like, um, that's kind of like the next step in, you know, just understanding what was out there. Uh, but yeah, it took some time for sure. Oh yeah. It's funny you mentioned those names because like for our, we're familiar with them <laughs> with our, with our podcast, we're trying to get all of the information in one place for people in Iowa because people have mentioned like it's hard to find all these different outlets and with rugby you know it it changes who's telling whose story and just um with all the different competitions with usa rugby and cr and then high school levels and then select sides we're just trying to put it all in one place and oftentimes we just will say like we're just reading an an alex goff article like <laughs> yeah we didn't we weren't there but like he was and he covered the uni men's or whatever it may be so um yeah, definitely familiar with some of those guys' work. And and like I said, I was familiar with your work, again, just covering the Iowa High School 7 Series. Um, what's your opinion? And again, we love, and people listening, they love to hear about outsiders' viewpoints on like the state of Iowa and how they're viewed nationally. So how would you say, you know, Iowa Rugby 7s, the high school league, compares to other unions or territories? Yeah, I think the first thing that um, is just so impressive about that Iowa high school organization is just how much information is at your fingertips. And there's no one else in the country, at least I'm just speaking for the girls high school side, that does it like Iowa. Like you can, and it's very basic stuff. It's it's schedules, it's scores, it's rosters, like on the website. And then I love that they do like team of the week and they have stats available and like the games from the championships, they were posted online, like Facebook immediately. Mm-hmm. And you just don't see that anywhere else, even like the top performing high schools in some of the densest like girls high school leagues, like they don't have that kind of visibility. Mm. And it's such like a, it's like this visible, tangible thing that is just so useful when you're thinking about like building momentum and, you know, just garnering, garnering some recognition and uh, Iowa just does such a, uh, such an incredible job in that regard. So that's hands down. It's got to be, if not number one, like top three best oh. for girls high schools in my country. That's awesome to hear. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I figured that was just the norm because we don't go around looking at other states like how they promote it. So uh, I figured that was just the norm. That's great to hear. I'm sure the, the league will love that too because I know <laughs> that there's so few people who, you know, people who work in rugby, they wear many hats and I know they're running around. So that's that's awesome that their work is paying off. And I think it's important, too, that, you know, these girls have this platform to be seen, their games, their stats, and, mm-hmm. and their coaches be available as well because there's so many varsity programs that are popping oh, up yeah. for college. And then also our women's college teams in Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I are being very successful as well. And I think that helps them get to that next level. How has women's rugby, the landscape for um, – college programs changed in the last decade or two with these varsity programs popping up and just um, like everything you've covered, how would you say women's rugby has changed at the college level? I think it's kind of tough. Like the, the stage that we're in right now, which can't be news to you guys at all is, you know, this fissure that they're, you know, between um, 
NCR and CRRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can definitely get lost in the <laughs> the acronym forest, but uh, it's it's that's one of those things. Just kind of circling back to like this very obvious visibility that Iowa High School does really well when you have these two kind of competing collegiate organizations, like you don't really understand what you're following or, you know, it's tough to have perspective on what's growing, what's struggling, you know? Um, so you just kind of hope that's going to bridge at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely with the, you know, NCR, we were following that oh, because yeah. we had the three Iowa teams in the national tournament and to be, and I think the production they put on was really great to watch on YouTube and their social media, I thought did a great job promoting you know, this is the national title. And so for from someone on the outside looking in who might not know that, you know, there's multiple national champions mm-hmm. crowned. Um, I thought the NCR did a, a, like, they were doing their best to make it like, no, this is the national championship. And so um, we had our eye really close on that. Michigan had a great season. Wow. Yeah. Notre Dame Amazing. College also um, a really fun club to watch. Um, what was your takeaway from the women's Division I NCR tournament? Uh, this fall. Yeah, I well, I love the addition of the Big Ten to mm-hmm. NCR. I think that really, I mean, that was the big driver for them to, I think, to ultimately form three divisions this mm-hmm. year, which was nice to get that D two in there. Um, I, I mean, on that national championship weekend, it was just that that one game, so there was like a lot of build up, a lot of hype, mm-hmm. and I mean even though the score looks, you know, a little bit skewed, it was just such a wonderful, intense, like skilled game. And I got to be there. So I was on the sideline, like taking pictures and stuff. And it was, you know, it's just so cool to like hear the tackles and like just see it up so close. It was just really, and, you know, I hope a lot of people were watching because it was a great game and it was just like the whole weekend, those championships, they were such great showpieces for the game and you know ncr yeah they were down to houston right yes mm-hmm. yeah no definitely awesome to watch awesome to see that going on was there any names of some some women's players that we should keep an eye on that played um maybe to look for in any sort of like usa pool or like the premier sevens with their women's teams or any young players co- collegiately that we should look for in the future that came out of that NCR weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, the, um, I mean, I think the really obvious one that came out of that, that D1 game was Ember Larson. She's the fullback there. Yeah, and I'm pretty say, certain she amazing. has been invited to the, like, USA 7's developmental um, vein there. So I think she's definitely on the radar. Um, I really liked Michigan's, uh, uh, like, 8-9 yeah, seven, eight, nine combo. Um, it was like uh, their captain at seven, Torres at eight, and then I can't remember the scrum half's name, which is such bad preparation <laughs> on my part. Um, but they were like a fun little unit, so they were. I liked seeing them in the middle of the field. Um, yeah, and Phil then, and I, we really we watched that Iowa State Michigan oh, game a couple man. weeks before the national championship, and like we were texting each other and it just seemed like, Oh, Iowa state's building momentum. They're building momentum. The ball gets into 15's hands and just gone. Yeah. And I think that happened three or four times where it's like the match was so tightly contested, you know, in the middle of the field, really hard hits, some very intentional play. And then she got her hands on the ball and then just broke it wide open. And it's just, 
you know, tough to compete against. But yeah, it seems like, like you said, obvious, like future is really bright for her. Just so much natural ability with just a really smart player as well. So really cool to see. Yeah. I also like she kind of had, um, you know, there's that type of player that like when they they're chasing a ball on the sideline or they have to deal with the sideline and they just have this no fear, give it all kind mm-hmm. of save the ball mm-hmm. mentality. And she kind of had that for me. And I just I'm so jealous because I never had that. I could never keep it cool in that moment. Um, so that was another thing that impressed me about her. Nice. Oh, I was going to say once you just said. Once you mentioned something about never having that, though, I wanted to ask you earlier about like your player background, um, like just like what your experience was as like a player and like who you've played for and stuff like that. It's kind of curious. Yeah, about that. yeah. So I started playing at the University of Arizona, um, and I had I probably don't know his name, Nancy Purden, but she's one of those like fixtures in women's rugby and very quickly, you know, let you know that this is a small tight community, mm-hmm. but you know, you'll be in it forever. Um, and then transferred to the, I played most of my adult career with the village lions in New York city. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that was, that was the majority of my time there. Uh, I played for the Philippines for a couple of years when they first started their um, women's sevens team. And we have a couple of Americans who are, still active in that pool so that's cool to see but yeah that's awesome I, quite a resume <laughs> yeah uh, like both sides of the united states and then philippines like that's that is amazing so it's really cool too to see like how rugby can take you know players from you know all over the world or it takes you across the world and you can see all these great places but then you know after playing you know you're writing what are some of the most you know cool experiences you've had as a writer or as you know, going to these events, what are some of your favorite things since you've started the rugby breakdown that you've been able to experience? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, what I love about interviewing people in person, like, you know, specifically in the girls and women's game, is they start from this place of like pure gratitude that I mean, (laughs) I love it, but it's because like they they're not getting the attention that they deserve, but they're just so happy to talk to you that it always it just always comes out as a great conversation. Mm. But I would have to say probably the number one um, in-person interview I ever did was in 2018. Do you remember when like the USA Sevens had a women's stop uh, on the, you know, the international circuit at, at Critic Glendale, maybe happened for like three or four years. Um, and in 2018, the USA was in the semifinals against France and they were losing. And it was basically, you know, time had expired. There's, you know, the USA is just trying to keep it together from their own end and maybe get lucky. And Elena Olsen peeled off the back of a ruck and uh, like went the distance, scored the try. And it was her, you know, first international try, seals a berth to, you know, this final on US soil. And she's just so over the moon and like I get to do that interview like as soon as she comes off of the field and you know she's you know can't contain herself and she's thinking of course all of her teammates which is you know that's just class you know yeah, <laughs> rugby players are classy like mm-hmm. that um but yeah it was just pure unbridled joy and she just did such a good job in the interview I was like oh that that's gonna be a hard one to beat <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, just that energy. And like, it's probably infectious too. Like you just feel it off of them and just like, you're a part of that moment with them. And then you get to capture that and then, you know, save that moment forever and revisit it, you know, read it through again and share that. So that's, that's awesome. And I think 
again, that's why I, I love being a subscriber to the Rugby Breakdown. Again, you know, looking at the page right now, you have the the women's senior side talking about the D1 and D2 club finals, talking about college rugby recruits, where some of these high school kids are going to go. And then, you know, we're seeing in the senior sides too, a lot of these all-star teams coming back, like the Midwest Thunderbirds were down in Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, were you down there for those matches as well too? No, well, I I was in the same state, but it was the same weekend as the NCR okay. Nationals. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, no, that seems cool that I know, like, from our point of view, like on the men's side, um, select side on the senior side can be very, very unorganized. And it just seems like the women's sides and unions and territories. They have their shit together. <laughs> it seems like compared to the men, they're really getting their shit together. So, um, and then it's awesome too, because you're covering it. I don't see people covering the men's select side in depth the way that you're covering the women's side so it's just awesome to see just like you said from high school to college to senior side to national team um how can people you know see your stuff where should they go what like social media the website where what should they follow yeah i would say i mean the website i mean like since i do post uh it's a very feature heavy site um you know you're not going to be seeing 10 posts a day um you're going to get long reads uh, maybe a couple of days so i feel like just going right to the website is your easiest bet um but yeah i like instagram that's probably my social media uh channel of choice nice so yeah the rugbybreakdown.com and yeah we we're big fans of it, especially again, I, I appreciate what you do for like, especially the high school girls side of things. Cause I know um, when Roosevelt won their state title and you wrote a write up that meant so much to those girls to see like that their story was told, you know, reading their names in, especially too, like it's not a varsity sport. They're seen as in their high school, like it's just a club, but yet now there's this publication with their name state champion it just it meant a lot to those girls so um it's really impactful and i know every year after the championship i always see that article shared multiple times whoever won the state title this year cedar falls year before southeast polk year before roosevelt you see it shared by all these fan bases and it means a lot um because like you said they don't get that attention or the focus or the exposure that they deserve and sometimes they don't even get it from their own schools which is frustrating yeah, definitely. So appreciate what you do for the the women's game, especially here in Iowa, and it means a lot to them. So thank you for what you're doing, and and thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, yeah of course. Thanks so much again. That was fun. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. <I> fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. So go to the rugby breakdown. Subscribe. Check it out. Again, awesome stuff. Awesome coverage of our collegiate teams in Iowa, our high school teams in Iowa. Uh, love it. Uh, Phil, you going to subscribe? Might as well. Yeah. Kind of get, you know, my women's rugby information somewhere, at least. I mean, now that you're doing a little bit of prep work, I mean, yeah. you got some more time and you got more stuff to read and yeah. it'd be good for I you. I like to read. Yeah. And this <laughs> is another, another place you can read and it'll be good. So yeah, girls season was great. You know, high school, it just keeps growing and growing in Iowa. You know, Cedar Falls won their first championship. A lot of our girls are going to play in college. Our college programs, you know, like we just talked about, three finished in the top six. Yeah. Or no, in the top five. They finished three, four, five. Yeah, I believe. So I believe that's how it laid out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is 
insane insane it was it's just amazing when you think about it and it's only going to keep it, it feeds itself it keeps getting better mm-hmm. and better and you see these college girls they come back to coach high school and it just like i said feeds into itself great to see and then we have our college coaches megan and kelsey who coach the high school girls select side in iowa they also coach like we said before the ncr women's all-stars they're going to coach that as well oh, for the Midwest team. Weekend. And that's going to be the upcoming yeah, weekend. This weekend. Yeah. yeah. Down in Austin, Texas, January 21st and 22nd. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. And, you know, speaking of Megan, I think we should just check in with her. Might as well. Why not? When in doubt, when we need an interview. When in doubt, call Megan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's just call her out. Let's just see what she does. Yeah, see see what what she <laughs> All right, and now we have the head coach of the University of Iowa women's rugby team, Megan Flanagan. Flan, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Pretty good. Feeling good. Good. Feeling good, yeah. Good. Can't complain, you know, and Phil and I were talking. It it just wouldn't be the B-side boys if we didn't check in on Flan, our, our <laughs> old faithful. <laughs> yeah, our most common guest, you know, just whenever we you need. You know it. Whenever we need someone to talk to and. We need that insight from Northern Iowa. It's like, who do we call? Flan. Flan. <laughs> but you helped me get my 15 minutes of fame. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and we were going to say, too, I mean, we're not just calling to call. I mean, it's always good to hear from you. But since yeah. we last talked to you and since we took a little break for winter break, you guys and gals, sorry, gals, um, I'm trying to do better at that in 2023 and use better. Uh, when I'm talking to people, you gals uh, had the national tournament and had a big run in the NCR. Uh, So we kind of wanted to run through basically, you know, what was that experience like for the girls? I know that was the goal. You were in the national championship the year before Um, you played Notre Dame college early in the season. This was always a goal. Um, You, you girls made it there and you made everybody proud and had some tough matches. Um, Walk us through kind of just, how the season ended. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, like you said, our goal right away in the beginning was to make it, um, to back to that national championship again and see how far we can go. And, um, we played, you know, Notre Dame right off the bat, uh, in the preseason. And that's when we realized like, woo, we, uh, we got to find our new identity. Um, just with, you know, Burns graduating and some other players being hurt. Um, and so we kind of sat down as a coaching staff and we we're like, I think this might be a um, transition year just because of how big of a class our freshman, freshman class was. Um, and we kept going throughout the season. And I mean, credit to the players. They kept getting better and better. And what was really cool about this group was they had that goal in mind. And that's like the only thing they that they would see is just the goal to make it to postseason, uh, And we ended up, you know, beating Southern Naz in the elite eight and made it to the final four and played against a really good Michigan team. Um, experience was incredible. I mean, I always say to the players that have never been to postseason, like it's different. This will completely change how you look at things. It's an awesome experience. And so to have 13 freshmen be able to experience that as freshmen, um, 
I mean, it's going to be huge. We have our entire starting roster coming back next year. Wow. So, That's amazing. Yeah. That experience, like you said, you can't really practice that. And then the fact that they all come back together with that continuity, that shared experience, and then you bring in more girls uh, should be, you know, again, like we always say, like next year should be another amazing year. Just based off of this, obviously, there's work that you want everyone to be doing. Yeah. You know, you had that first victory uh, in the Elite Eight over Southern Nazarene. Is that a varsity program? Because for the men's and women's, it seems like they kind of popped up out of nowhere. And on both the men's and women's side, they've been doing a great job of building those programs. Do you know much about those teams? Yeah. I mean, I can't speak much for the men's side. I don't don't know a whole lot about Mm -hmm. that program. But for the women's side... Um, yes, they're definitely a varsity team. They started out just as a sevens team actually, gotcha. and, um, did some like the CRCs and, and whatnot as a varsity team with that. And then this year was their first year doing 15s. So, um, yeah, they got some great athletes that they've recruited throughout the, mm-hmm. the country. And, um, I mean, they start, started out with a very strong first inaugural 15 season. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a team you're definitely going to see again down the road, whether oh, yeah. whether you're facing them or they're just on the other side of the bracket. Uh, yep. Just your match with them, we were watching on YouTube and it or no, someone was streaming on Facebook Live. Yeah. And I mean, it was close. It was a very physical match. Very back and forth. Yeah, It looked like it was a little yeah. chilly out there, too. And, you know, you win, mm-hmm. you win that match 42-29. But that score is a little misleading because it was such a close contest. Uh, yeah, I think that's a program we're definitely going to keep an eye on. Same with like Notre Dame College. I feel like they're similar in a sense of like that smaller school. People don't really know them outside of rugby, but they've really committed to these rugby programs. We saw Notre Dame College take down the University of Iowa to make it to the national championship. And that's where Notre Dame College fell to the eventual or the national champion, Michigan, 41-14. Northern Iowa fell to Michigan 31-14, um, you know, closer match, Michigan versus Northern mm-hmm. Iowa. Um, is that something you look at as progress when looking back at that Notre Dame college match, comparing scores? Oh. Is that something you even thought about? Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, we were really hoping to have a rematch with Notre Dame college just mm-hmm. for the sake of being able to compare um, from the beginning that first game. But, oh, man, yeah, that – the scores and, and, and how we played in those last games at nationals was, it was a night and day difference. Um, and it definitely changed after we went down to Queens and played mm-hmm. queen. That's where we kind of found our rhythm and found our new identity. So, um, yeah. And that Southern Naz, like, I mean, for having such a young team out there, they really held their composure. I mean, we were down by two tries at one point. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they held their composure and stayed patient and disciplined and um, came out with a W. And that was a really, that was a huge highlight and just a huge testament to their hard work for what they've done through the entire season. I will say this is the first season where we never had throughout the season, like a week or two where we just kind of were at a stalemate. Like in seasons past, we've always gone through a weird hump of like, Oh, just like the practices feel off a little bit. We aren't really like moving technically forward like we want to. Kind but of going through the motions and just kind of yeah, gets a little yeah. stale. Yep. Yeah, going through the motions. But this year was 
every single practice, they were picking up something new knowledge and they were getting better and better and watching more film and, and becoming better students of the game. And so it was, I mean, we never plateaued in, in that regard. So that was really, as a coach, really cool to see and very proud of the kids to have how they took this, um, took this season. Yeah. And I think that's amazing too, because when you look at some of the scores, you know, credit to you guys and, and no offense to the other teams in your conference, but you know, besides Iowa state, those other matches were, were very one-sided. So I could see like, mm-hmm. it'd be very easy to lose some players like, Oh man, we, we beat a team in our conference by 70. Like I can just go mm-hmm. through the motions, maybe go out to the bars a few extra times, <laughs> skip weightlifting, yeah. but like to keep that focus when you're doing so well and, and really looking past, like, you know, you know, Winona state, great program, but down here, they're not the final goal. The final goal is getting back to that championship, beating Notre Dame college and competing with the best. And that's really hard for, especially a college kid, 19, 20 years old to keep that focus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember times I couldn't even keep focus for 30 minutes in a, in a lecture (laughs) class. I mean, that's, that's tough to do. So hats off to you and the program for keeping them engaged. uh, Cause yeah, that's not easy. No, definitely not. I I think what really helped too is the women's world cup was during this fall. And so Mm -hmm. they're just constantly pumped to like watch the world cup games. And I think that kind of kept a, a cool vibe going of like, Oh yes. Like let's keep doing this. So did you see the picture on Facebook or Instagram, the meme of like the women's world cup in like 1994 compared to this last year where in 94 they had like, 50 people it looked like sitting on top of like a shed watching the world cup. And then this year it was in England and the stadium was packed. Did you see that photo? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. I mean, to sell out that stadium and, in, in uh, New Zealand or whatever was like a huge testament to how far the women's game has come and just how far it will continue to go. But, Oh, it was so cool to witness Oh yeah. No, I being a former high school girls coach, I think it's just so cool to to see like how much the women before this generation put in, you know, from those times mm-hmm. of playing with 50 people watching and that's the at the world event and I think it was England that posted the photo. That's why I mixed it up. Um, yes. Yeah. And yep. yeah, to sell out that stadium and you know, I I've seen you share this before where so many times people say like people don't watch women's sports. That's not Mm -hmm. true. And you saw it with your team where your girls were so engaged because they saw the highest level being played. It made them more invested. And I think that's something our high school teams, um, even Mm -hmm. into like lower level, even girls not involved in rugby, where it's like, look at what you can be. You know, you can be, this is what an adult female woman can be. You know, don't limit yourself. So really, really cool to see and to see it actually paid off for your team. I know. Yeah, it was great. I love it. Like, I mean, they, they, we had like a dress as your favorite USA player um, one day for a lifting morning and like they all dressed as someone and I was like, oh man, that's so cool. So yeah, it's, it's been fun to see. Cause even when I played like the exposure to the national team wasn't really that public, you know, mm-hmm, like, yeah. I don't know if I could have sat there and named all the USA players when I was in college, but mm-hmm. like my player can. So yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, you know, and like you guys obviously had a very successful season, you know, uh, really successful trip to Houston, making the semifinals, uh, finishing third overall and losing to the, you know, national champion. Um, but switching <laughs> gears, like going into this off season, what's everything looking like for you guys? Have you guys been doing any like team stuff right now? And you have like upcoming plans for like later this winter, spring? Yeah. Yeah. So right now, um, I've given them the time off to just chill out for a bit and, but they're all still working out on their own. Um, and they're really getting back into it now after the new year's, but our plan is to come together, uh, probably shortly after they return for the second semester and, and give it another shot to see our C's. And obviously we want to make the premier bracket again. That's, that's your number one goal. Um, if we have to do D1, we will. I don't know how that the structure is going to work this year since it's moved up a month and and all that. But the goal is premieres, and they're really, really excited. Like I said, the the young players on the team are just like, after our experience with Final Four, they have a whole new kind of passion inside them. So they're all – they watch all the sevens games – that are going on with the sevens world sevens tournament and they're watching the premiership 15s games as they go through here. And so yeah, there's a lot of, they're all anxious. They keep messaging me like, when are we going to start? So, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I'm like, it's coming. Don't worry. That's a, that's a awesome. good problem to have, keep you know, fire lit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think as a coach too, that motivates you to like, I got to be on my shit. Like, I mean, they're going to be, they want it. Yeah. I got to bring it. Cause you know, I remember being a player and coaching in the college level and some of those spring practices, you know, there's a lot more for you in spring with the the sevens tournaments now, but back mm-hmm. in the day, spring was like, if we got six guys to a practice, we'd be lucky. And I was like, all right, we're going to suds. You know, I think I remember all those dome practices. Oh, oh the dome God, practices. The stairs and shit. Oh, oh. No winter. At oh, 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, literally, so bad. Do you still do dome practices? No, heck no. They, (laughs) um, like, at one point when I first started coaching, they told me I'd have to pay $300 an hour. And I was like, what? And then they're like, well, I guess you could go at Open Dome at 10 p.m. And I, when I, like, remembering back to when I played, I'm like, I hated those practices, so I'm not (laughs) making my It's just like it wasn't point. Like, I had a fight with the LARPers to get space, and then you had the frisbee. People and then the men's team, it's like a corner of the field yeah. and the dome is like no. And so. it's on that hard what people don't understand either. They, it's yeah, on that hard turf, yeah. indoor track surface. It's not even on the turf. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's just so gross. And then you show up sometimes and the boat show is in town for like two weeks and <laughs> yep. yeah. I hate the boat show. Yeah, they don't tell you either that it's closed. Like, like uh, I gotta get to the front stairs again. <laughs> is yeah, the is I, the LARPing program still pretty big at you and I, the live action role play? You know, honestly I have no idea, but I wouldn't be shocked if it if it is. Yeah, it's funny to think that like when we played the biggest rival of rugby was like ultimate frisbee and larping. LARPing. Yeah. We would lose, we would lose practice time to larping, and we would lose players who hated contact to ultimate frisbee. Yeah, because yep, LARPing the truth. You were there, like on your tail end. Oh no, it was yeah, LARPing was huge, man. It was like, what are these dudes doing with swords? And it's like we definitely could take them in a fight, sword <laughs> or no sword. <laughs> I remember like 
one practice in college, their bow and arrow things kept getting in our <laughs> coming into our section, and Steve like yelled at them, and we're like, "Get your bow and arrows and put it on your side! <laughs> like, stop shooting them over at us!" Oh, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> be funny because the 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 girls on your team it's like you get a look over and I'm like you know we could kick your ass right like i mean <laughs> yeah. like take your arrows and shove them up your ass i don't know <laughs> oh man so speaking of the off-season training um is there any changes or additions to the coaching staff or people that are going to be around helping out that could add to the program is there is there breaking news on the program there is breaking news what and yeah. this You've heard it here first on the B-Side Boys podcast. An exclusive. <laughs> An exclusive. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm really excited. So John Cullen, um, is the, him and his wife moved to the area, Cedar Falls. And so I'm really pumped to have him on board. He's going to be helping us. Um, and I think potentially the men's team, too, at some point. So, yeah, he brings in a, a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. He's really, really like you guys really supportive of the women's side of the game. So I'm excited. So he'll be helping with the trainings and with the games and, and all of it. That's awesome. Yeah. John, we ran into down here, you know, in Des Moines and he was their head coach for a couple of years. He was the guy who mm -hmm. pushed Des Moines men's up to D2, like didn't push them. He, he motivated them and kind of just asked yep. the question, <laughs> why not? And he helped lead them to a six and two record at D2, which is, I mean, amazing. It's one of the best seasons Des Moines has had in, in years. So um, a lot of knowledge from MLR, USA Eagles, and just being an athlete for his entire okay. life. I think that's going to be huge. I And I know he's helped with the uh, select side for high school girls before, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. He did help with the Hawkeyes last year. So he knows some of the girls too. So that'll be nice. Yeah, yeah, and I, I took my players down to Des Moines a couple times when he was working at that whatever place. Oh, D1. Uh, yeah. yeah, strength and conditioning, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, yeah, he has helped my players in the past. So, um, yeah, so my, my girls are pumped. They're nice. excited, and it's definitely what we need, just, like, help kind of get us that next level, especially with the fitness stuff and, mm -hmm. and with having a different voice i know i can say the same thing for like every freaking practice and they're like oh yeah uh, and then like john will come in and say something like oh i'm like oh my gosh you know this i've been saying this forever <laughs> definitely Just and, having a different voice, yeah will help so having that different set of eyes of like you know even though he played for men's yeah. teams but like knowing kind of what a high performance setting looks like and maybe bringing that mm -hmm. aspect to you know, the UNI women's side, like you have them at a high level. And like you said, sometimes your players, they get so used to you. They kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. But they don't know. And then they hear right. the same thing from someone else. I, as a teacher, I, I see that all the time where I'm like, Hey, this is how you multiply and distribute with parentheses and kids like, yeah, I'm not listening. And then their buddy will be like, Hey, do this. Like, oh, what? this makes why'd sense. You, why'd you say that? Greg? It's like, that's what I've been saying for three months. Like, come on. So I get that. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, it's and frustrating, really cool. but if they figure it out, you're like, okay, whatever, moving on. Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. And what's really cool is, um, you know, John's just like, he's not just coming in and be like, boom, I'm here. This is, what, this is what's happening. Like, we've had countless conversations and, um, meetings of just like we're we're both on the same page of 
the outcomes that we want, the processes that we have, like, like he's done up, obviously upper level stuff. I've done upper level stuff. So we both have kind of been in that same pathway to under, like we're on the same understanding. So that's what I'm excited too, is like, he's very awesome to work with and he's very just like, this is your program. I'm here to help. And let's sit down and figure this out and not just come in and be like, move out of my way. That's, so, that's, that's really awesome yeah. to hear because yeah, especially yeah. with the way like rugby coaching is and just how, um, you know, it's not as like secure or locked in as other positions. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. a club, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you can see certain places where, you know, if coaches don't get along or have different, um, you know, philosophies or just kind of a different view on the hierarchy, uh, it can create yep. a lot of issues where it's like, you have a great thing going. And the fact that yeah. he's like, Hey, I'm going to come in and add to the program, not, you know, that that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you guys have sat down, I think that's important because, you know, yep. I've seen high school programs where that's happened. We're like, Hey, I'm going to bring this coach in. And then they take over and it just falls apart because all the kids are looking mm-hmm. around like who's in charge, you know? So yep. I, I, we're, yeah. again, we always say this, we're broken record. We are extremely excited <laughs> to see what you guys, what you girls do yep. this spring in sevens, yeah. what you do next fall, because you know, just the recruiting classes you bring in are crazy. Are we going to see you um, announcing any girls signing? Do we have any idea of some girls that are going to be coming to you and I? Is are there any official yeah. ones for next mm-hmm. fall? I have um, so far. I have two one hundred percent official. Nice. So um, I can announce Aurora Steppleton from um, Central Springs first year rugby team, high school team. Yes, they did awesome um, this year. Yeah. <laughs> It, I'm super pumped. I'm super excited to have Aurora come and 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 be in our our squad next year. So she's coming, and then um, Maddie Ullman from Waverly. We're going to be doing a signing for her here soon. So nice. yeah, I'm really really excited. So I think Waverly. Sure. I love to see what they're doing because I just I knew when I was coaching Roosevelt, I knew when I was watching their program. I told our girls like you know they may not no rugby sevens yet, but this is going to be the most physical athletic team we see all year. And once Mm -hmm. they figure out rugby, you know, I mean, they knew how to play rugby, but I mean, once they really figured out some of those little, little details, they are going Mm -hmm. to be a powerhouse. And I feel like this past year, we saw them turn that corner and really take it to the next level. Like they've always been good, but I feel like they now are like, we are a rugby school. The boys are doing great. And now you have that yep. pipeline in your backyard of Cedar Falls state mm-hmm. champion. Uh, Waverly really was right there up, too. Yeah. It just, uh, the fact that you're this close to two of the best programs in the state at the moment, um, it's awesome. And I just only think like your squad is just going to continue to bring in that talent. You and John coach them up um, and me and Phil keep hyping you up. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'll take that agreement. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Now we, we love it. And it's cool too, that like, we're starting to see some of this stuff on, um, you know, YouTube, a lot of those matches being yeah. filmed or yeah, that's cool. you guys streaming them. Also January 21st and 22nd, there's the women's all-star championship presented by NCR. How many girls okay. from you and I are going down to the basically select side team for the Midwest? There's going to be five, oh, hell yeah. five of them. Nice. And yeah. are you, are you helping coach that? I am. Yep. Yep. I'm on the little coaching staff. And then um, Tatiana Reed is actually going to be the team manager. Mm. So 
nice. be seven you and I of us you and I people representing. So I'm really excited. It's we have two of our freshmen, um, Morgan Link and Hannah Roth. Nice. And then um, we have our scrum half, Annie Henderson, and then Sierra Stannerson and, and Aubrey Burrish. So nice. Some familiar Good names. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. very familiar names and just great players. And no, it's going to be yeah. awesome down there. And who, uh, who else is coaching is, is uh, Kelsey coaching too? Yep. Yep. Kelsey's taking the lead on this one. Nice. Um, so she'll be down there and there's four Iowa state girls. So gonna be exciting there's also pr sevens coaches are coming and Ooh. so open crossing fingers <clears throat> get some representation on those teams so that'd be awesome because i know that pr sevens it popped up and it seemed like there was so much buzz around it and then they had uh-huh. one they had one tournament the first year right and then it just like died off and then now they're doing multiple cities this year is that what you yeah kind of yeah saw? yeah they're doing i don't know the format of how it goes but yeah they've got different cities and different tournaments and so yeah we'll see we'll see what what it brings but i i think there's going to be some some players that will be chatted with after that weekend so nice. i'm excited that's exciting awesome yeah and after yeah. that weekend too you should let us know who uh who had a great tournament and uh maybe we'll have them on and We'll, we'll get her on the schedule again. Yeah, we'll we'll and <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll just throw you on just again, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever. You know. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Flan, thanks for joining us. We appreciate yeah, your time always. as always. And um happy Thanks. new year and good luck this spring. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Happy New Year to you guys too. And like I said, anytime. Yeah, so yeah we'll be chat. talking to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you guys take care and yeah, have a great, great year as well. Thank you. We'll see you. All right. See you guys. All right. And that was Megan. Always love hearing from her. She's always got great insight on everything. And You know, whenever we need anything, you know, women's rugby related, you and I women's rugby stuff. We always. Oh, my God. Phil, Phil, what is this? Breaking news. New segment alert. New segment. Hey everybody and welcome to the first ever installment of Javi's Hot Takes on the B-Side Boys podcast. And my hot take for the week is, I think the Chicago Hounds are really going to be a top team in the MLR. Year one is going to be a big one and I feel like they're going to make some noise. Like just looking at their signings, they have a lot of, they have some... Some seasoned veterans coming in. They have uh, with Dakota Worth and the back row signed from Old Glory. They have a lot of Giltinis on their team as well. And, of course, as you know, we love our Midwest Iowa boys. They have Mason Koch signed from L.A. Or or Nola Gold. My apologies. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a big year for Chicago and Midwest rugby as well. And uh, I'm just ex- just as excited as you guys are to uh, see what the Chicago Hounds can do this season as being a new team and um, just really getting their foot in the door. Back to you guys. Uh, that was... that, that's the new segment. Obviously, hot takes. Yep. Every... Hot cakes? 
hot takes. Ah. Like, oh. uh, that was Javi's hot takes. That, hot takes. Yeah, he, he said he had, he, like, we want to get him involved in the show, and we came up with an idea. And uh, it sounds like he agrees with us on the Hounds. Definitely does. I don't know if he listened to last episode because we did spend 15 minutes talking about. <laughs> yeah, we did. What he taught. Basically, it was like a too long, didn't read. Uh, if you didn't listen to last week, Javi summed it up in one minute. It wasn't really a hot take from us. We just think the Hounds are going to be good. I said they're going to win the whole thing. Yeah, I'm still going to go with Nola. I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's Javi's hot take. And uh, this is a really boring one. Uh, I agree. I also agree. To an extent. I mean, he didn't say they were going to win the championship. He just said that's it's going to be good. So maybe he was kind of leaning more towards what my thoughts were. Also, Mason Cook, like, he he butchered the team he played for. It's Austin Gilgronis <laughs> that he came oh, yeah, from. Yeah. So that's, no worries. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. that's fine. But, yeah, no, that's. I think the Hounds are going to do great. Uh, speaking of great. Oh, yeah. There's some great news coming. You love binging Netflix. Mm, I do. We all do. do. like some Netflix. And there's a new thing that's going to uh, be coming to Netflix, hopefully in 2024. Yeah, so uh, they're going to be doing a docu-series on Six Nations. They don't have a title for it yet. They're still working title going on. And they're just going to be following around all six teams that are going to be competing in the Six Nations. All behind-the-scenes look, you know, with their practices and stuff, what's going on culturally with them. And, you know, leading into, you know, competition and just following along. I think it's going to be awesome for rugby because if it has any impact, like mm-hmm. some of the other document or documentaries they put out there. What's that one? The F1? It's a Formula drive one. or die. Right? Drive to survive. Drive to survive. That's what it is. Dude, nobody was ever talking about Formula One. No, no. And then in 2019, this Netflix series comes around. And then in 2020, when everyone was in for COVID or whatever, uh, Everyone started watching this. I know, like, Jeremy Newman, he will not stop talking about F1 racing. And now the United States has multiple stops in the United States on the World Series of F1 driving. I don't know what they call it. Frankie Muniz or something like that randomly driving for some F1? I Uh, have no idea. Yeah, I saw it posted, too, because of the whole brain injury. I, I have no idea. I just saw it posted or whatever. I'm like, that's weird. Frankie ha, Muniz? Have you heard the, the story that like he doesn't remember filming Malcolm in the Middle? I No, I've never heard that. There's a, there's a rumor where he had some sort of head injury and he does not remember filming Malcolm in the Middle. He doesn't remember being an actor as a kid. Dude, that's weird. But anyways. But yeah, anyways, with the Six Nations. Yeah, because Netflix is doing this whole like haul of basically doing all these docu-series on random sports. Like, they're going to be doing something with golf, tennis. They have – we'll get an idea. The Invictus maybe, Games? Yeah. They're, we're going to get an idea, too, of how this docu-series might be laid out because they're mm-hmm. doing the exact same thing, but with the World Cup in Qatar. With FIFA World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we might get an idea of the vibe is for it before it mm-hmm. actually comes out because I think they said it's going to be coming out around 2024, which it's like that's – kind of a cool time to have something like that pop up because if it yeah. does gain traction and people get excited about it and also just fall in love with rugby Ooh. they'll be just in time before our world cup that we get to host we could you parlay know, it and be like yeah. oh hey in a few years that's coming here six years from now yeah. and- well i think it's supposed to come out the six nations one's supposed to come out before the next men's world cup right so yeah no that i mean it just would be huge because i think too with rugby i mean i think it would open it up because when you bring the behind the scenes and you get to know the personalities, 
that's going to bring some average fans, people who don't even care about sports, and then they become fans of the characters, the personalities. And also, one thing too, talking to people I know where they enjoy rugby in a sense of, you actually see the players' faces. Mm. Um, Some people are like, oh, this guy's attractive. Like when you, or female or whatever. But like when you wear a football helmet, a hockey helmet, or you're in a F1 car, you can't see the driver, the the athlete. Rugby, it's all out there. And, um, you know, some of these players, you're going to get to know them very, very well. And it's going to bring in non-sport fans who go, I like this story. I like this person. I want to know more. It attracts all these people. Because again, F1 racing, no one ever talked about it. It was like, People knew who Mario Andretti was because of a game on Sega Genesis. Like, isn't he like one of the wealthiest athletes too in the world or something like that? Something crazy like that. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's something that, weird like I that. I just know it's him like, from Sega Genesis, man. Really? Okay. So hopefully this does, you know, for F1 or this does for rugby what it did for F1. Uh, I hope so. And I think people can relate to rugby more than F1 because rugby has similarities to football soccer basketball it's like you're gonna see you're gonna see things that you recognize in other sports where f1 i can't drive that fast no it's a death machine yeah i just hope i hope it does gain a lot more traction i mean like rugby's already a pretty popular sport worldwide but obviously you know we could always use more support more more eyes on the game so well and hopefully too someone watches this on netflix like oh that's cool i wish they had this in the united states and then it's like hey the mlr exists and people go oh i didn't know what Oh, the wor- and there's a World Cup coming here? You know, like, hopefully it does that. And it probably will to a degree. I mean... Yeah, it's going to be very dependent on maybe the style of yeah. how they shoot this docuseries. I mean, we'll, like I said, we'll we'll find out in about a year or so. Yeah. A little bit more than a year, I guess. Yeah. No, it's just... It's, it's super cool. And I hope to see more media projects like that. And, yeah. you know, if we're still doing this podcast, we could do a watch along or, yeah. you know, we could review the episodes and kind of talk about it. But And you never know because, like, all these other fringe sports are doing, like, you might fall in love with tennis because they're supposed to be coming out well on for tennis. It's nah. just like, what the hell? <laughs> no offense to tennis, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah, same. But I'm just, you know, throwing I did, that out there. I did, like, playing tennis, like, with a buddy who used to play it in high school. But... He'd always get mad because he's like, you're stop signing it. And I would just hold the racket like <laughs> straight up and down and just like. I was going to say, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, it's flat. Like, I didn't yeah. have a follow through. I would just hit it like straight on. Yeah. And hit, it would just piss him off because <laughs> I didn't play it the right way. And he was trying to like practice and it made him mad. And I'm like, ah, it's not for yeah. me because I played soccer, but whatever. Who cares? But yeah, man, a lot of cool stuff. A lot of it's cool to see all the like all star you know, collegiate men and women stuff mm-hmm. happening last weekend. And then the upcoming for the women high school select sides for the summer, the signups are coming mm-hmm. uh, select side for men's is coming. And then the fact that like we have, um, you know, something on Netflix coming where I, oh. I think that'll be cool too. Cause it's like, it's a new way for people to interact with it. Yeah. And maybe people who hear us talk about it all the time, like family and friends who don't give it the time of day could see that and be like, wait, this is what you do. At a very lower level. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have to clarify that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, <laughs> the the community of it or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, hopefully, yeah, it just, again, if F1 racing can get as big as it did, mm-hmm. hopefully we see the same thing with rugby. Yeah. So, yeah. You got anything else? No, I was just, again, with the whole docu-series thing, just hopefully they can, yeah, and capture that culture and that mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. You know, they can really 
present that to the world of people that haven't really seen it. I just yeah. hope that they can embody it somehow, some way. But we'll, like I said, we'll find out. I think they will because I think rugby does it like it does it on its own. Mm-hmm. I think so. Hopefully, it's easy for them to capture. You know, but but it's one of those things too. Where who used to tell you all the time? Was it Nichols who told you all the time that you got to remember not everybody loves this as much as you do? Oof. Yeah. No, no. Say as much as we do. Well, we do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but he was talking to you about yeah. it. So no, Nichols. You. Nichols did always tell me that, and so it's a it's a good thing to remember. Where like yeah. we're super excited for this, where other people will be like, oh, yeah. there's nothing on Netflix. Hey, watch this documentary. Yeah. I'm good. So. Yeah, as long as we can keep a positive light, and this could be a way people could very non-committal get into rugby, you mm-hmm. know, a, a fringe way, and then it sucks you in. So yeah. that'd be cool. It would be. Yeah. How you feeling? Good, you. 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 Good,